Welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. This show is going to be very informative. I said, you know what? If I'm going to bring a podcast about sports, we need to talk about some of the issues that are plaguing a lot of these players who I revere, who I love to watch, especially uh, African-American players, also players of color. And that's talking about money. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about a great, great series that I watched on the Player Tribune with Tommy Harris, Clinton Portis, and Jack Brewer talking about money in the NFL. Also, NCAA passed a new law that will allow players to make money off the likeness. So I will dive into that and talk about that and so much more. So keep it where you got it. It's the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. Hi. Always wanted to start a podcast, but didn't know how. Well, guess what? Here at Anchor, you can start your podcast. No matter what you want to talk about, Anchor gives you that flexibility. You can start your mystery podcast, your horror podcast, your sports podcast. I don't know. Maybe even create a news podcast. It doesn't matter. At Anchor, you have the freedom and flexibility to do what it is that you like. And it's easy. Only thing you have to do, record the audio, put it on Anchor, and voila. Simple as that, it is done. You have created your first podcast. Once your podcast is complete, you can share it to other platforms. Now, how easy is that? Start your podcast today. No, not now, but right now. Get on Anchor, and I promise you, you will love it. Welcome. To another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. And if this is your first time tuning in, we want to thank you as well. On behalf of myself, Professional Sutton, Chris G, The Ruck Report, and Shannon Person, we want to thank you for taking the time out to give us a listen. And if you would like to follow us on our social media platforms, you can do that as well. Facebook, Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast, Instagram, Real DSTM, and on Twitter, Real DSTM1. We are a sports-based entertainment podcast. Yes, we talk more than sports sometimes, but our goal is sports. We love what we do, unfiltered, and we know you will enjoy it too. So please enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. I'm your boy, Professional Sutton. And as you can see, I'm trying something new here. I have music playing in the background I just want to see if it adds to the podcast, add to the sound. Not sure, but we're going to give it a go today. And if we don't like it, then guess what? We can get rid of it. But yours truly, that is the beat by me. Yes, I made that beat myself. So if you like the beat, holla at your boy. I can get you, you know, some copies of that. I can uh, clear it for you. I might let you sample it for a few bucks. But, you know, it's all good. First and foremost, we want to thank our sponsors, 94.3 WYBC. The Rhythm of the City, home of the Juan Castillo Morning Show, which you can catch every weekday morning on 943-WYBC if you're in the New Haven area. Or if you are not, you can just go to www.943-WYBC.com and listen, listen, listen. Also want to thank my partners in crime, D-Ruck and Chris G, my boys. Man, we had a great show. Uh, this weekend, D-Ruck, he was out in 
his HU. He went to Hampton. So they had the Hampton homecoming. So he was out there having fun. So shouts out to him. Shouts out to Hampton. And as he would call it, the real HU. So we can't wait. This Saturday, we will be doing a show. 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook if you want to catch it live. But if you're like, you know what? I can wait. Don't worry. We will have it for you following the podcast. So that will be ready probably about 6 o'clock p.m. after I splice it up and put it out there. So you can take it where you need to go. And it's going to be a great, great look. So today... I was compelled because I was talking to my lady and we was talking about podcast and why we do podcasts, like what drive us, what's our motivation. And she was talking about how, you know, it's hard. And when you have a podcast, it's hard because you don't always know what to talk about. You know, sometimes you feel like you're either being repetitive or you're always feeling like, you know, are people going to listen? But I told her sometimes you just got to do it. You just got to just go for it. Just grab the mic and just boom, let it rot. And so I love YouTube. I watch YouTube every day. YouTube is my cable channel, if you will. I watch YouTube more than I watch my cable app because I think YouTube has a variety of things that are recommended for you, stuff I like. So I'm more entertained by that. And I've been watching YouTube for about 12 years now straight. And I remember when I first started watching YouTube, my family was like, Yo, you watching this YouTube? What is this? It's from MySpace was out. Uh, Facebook was, you know, out, but it wasn't as popular as it is now. Instagram obviously wasn't out. So I always found the liking to, you know, stuff that I can connect with, I can go to. So that was so dope. So I'm watching, and one of the things I was recommended, because I do watch sports, but I also watch stuff that are very informative and for the people. Uh, it was titled Talk Money in the NFL. It's from the Player Tribune. And I love to watch the Players' Tribune because, again, it's from the players. So you get that raw, authentic look, uh, kind of like this podcast. You know, you want it to be real and authentic. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching because so many times we hear about how these players go broke. You know, we talk about, oh, you get all that money. Why are you broke? That's a shame. But sometimes we don't get to hear their side of the story. So they had a great, great segment. Um, it was a former defensive lineman. He played for Oklahoma Sooners and then went on to get drafted by the Bears. Uh, Thomas Harris, Tommy Harris. Um, then you had Clinton Portis. Uh, he came out of the University of Miami and went on to play for Denver. Got drafted by Denver, then get traded to the Washington Redskins. And then you have Jack Brewer. Uh, now, I don't know much about Jack Brewer, but I'll look it up. Um, but they came together and they were talking uh, with a financial advisor, by the way, about how players go broke in the NFL. Now, they made some good points. They were talking about baseball, which is true, has like guaranteed money. Baseball, these guys get guaranteed money. So like Bryce Harper signed like a $500 million contract for 12 years. And that's guaranteed. Uh, so did uh, Mike Trout. And among other players, I think A-Rod kicked that $200 million uh, salary off, or was it $100 million? Um, I think it was two hundred. if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, so you see these guys getting money out the wazoo, and then you go to uh, basketball. Again, I'm talking about sports that are relatively popular in the United States of America. Because uh, if you want to talk about on the international level, that would be football, a.k.a. soccer to Americans. 
But NBA and like Tommy Harris was saying, he said, you know, you look at guys like AI who was who went broke, so to speak, but they were able to make that money up because they have a brand. There's less guys on the team, so there's less guys in retrospect of sharing the wealth and players getting to recognize them. They don't wear helmets, obviously. And he was talking about that they were doing a better job of doing that. And that I will have to agree with because the NFL, a lot of this money isn't guaranteed. It's called incentive-based. Incentive-based, if you have to do certain things to get this money. So, for example, you see a player who's making like 200, let's, no, let's just say 20 million. Like, oh my God, he gets all this money. He should be fine. But within that, 20 million you have to remember that only probably let's say 15 million or 10 million is guaranteed but the other 10 million come from incentive like you have to score as many touchdowns you have to make sure you're helped you have to do this so that other stuff is incentivized also you throw in the fact and i had to you know do my research as well the amount these players and that's any sport they get taxed is out the wazoo. So when play, so when people, particularly fans, say, "Oh, you make all this money, why are you crying? You know, stop crying. You making all this money. I don't feel bad for you." But you got to remember that these guys, if they're making twenty million dollars, half of that is probably getting taxed. So now you got ten million, and that doesn't include. And what people don't know is you have to pay taxes for each state you travel in. So if I play for the Utah Jazz. And I don't know much about the taxes out there in Utah. I'm sure that they're relatively lower compared to states like New York, California, um, you know, other places like that. And then you go to L.A. and, you know, you play against the Lakers or the Clippers and you're like, yo, I'm this is this is crazy how much money I'm getting taken out of. Then you go to New York and you get taxed out the wazoo. So you're like, OK, where's my money? Also, you got to pay other fees like. Your lawyer fees, you have to pay your manager, you know, you have to pay your accountant. So, so many other things that goes into play. And Clinton Porter's, he's talking about how, and and Tommy Harris was talking about as well. A lot of your money is already gone before you got it. Because as a broke kid, you know, and this is why I think that a lot of teams go for poor players. Because you look at it as, okay, I remember when I didn't have a pot to piss in. I was sleeping on a twin-size mattress for, I don't know, 21 years, let's just say. Let's just say an average between 18 to 21 years. I was sleeping on a twin bed because that's how poor my family is. Now I come into some money. Now I'm thankful. So I'm not going to ask too many questions because I'm making a trillion times more than I ever thought. And I say a trillion because a lot of times players who come from poverty stricken areas, their their parents are in debt. So you got to pay off that debt that your parents had already accrued before you even became a certain age. So now you're taking that money and now you have to pay it off. So now you're like, wow, I have to pay all this money but is more than what I had yesterday. And that's the kind of mentality that these players have. So Clinton Porter's talk about how he was down to his last million. And if you don't know Clinton Porter, uh, he just, you know, 
I don't, don't want to say caught, but he had a situation where he owed the IRS a lot of money. Again, not understanding how it worked. So he had his last million and he bought two cars for $100,000. Now, you know, we sit and we look at it and we say, well, that's stupid. Why would you do that? But he was saying you have to bet on yourself. And not only do you say you have to bet on yourself, but the owners are feeling that you need to bet on yourself as well. Because at the end of the day, I need to know how I can make more money off of you. And again, as a player coming from the inner city, as a player coming from poverty stricken areas, you're like, listen, I'm just happy to be here. And that's all that happened. You're just happy to be here. And it shows. It shows how dedicated you are to the sport. It shows how dedicated you are to everyone else around you. And that's when you get into the situation of being a broke player. Now, this doesn't start when they get to the league. This starts a long time ago. Now, when people look at institutional racism, they think, well, that's only outside of the sport. Well, that has a way of trickling back down to other areas in sports. So, for example, most and all of the owners in major league sports, except for Michael Jordan and partly Magic Johnson, but more Ma Michael Jordan, because he's 50% owner of the Charlotte Hornets, are white. So this money that they come into, it's because their parents, their grandparents were able to pass it down. They were able to take at least some of that money and invest it into what they wanted to do. Like Jerry Jones Oil Company, um, big Fortune 500 companies. So they were able to invest into these companies because they had some type of financial backing. And then the gap is a lot of these players, they don't have that. And a lot of black people, people of color, we don't have that backing because our grandparents, they didn't or they weren't able to acquire enough wealth because of the jobs that they were given. So a lot of their money was saying, hey, hun, take this, go to college. I'm paying off some of your loans, you know, get your little car, boom. But when you look at the makeup of America, a lot of these players, I'm going to say about 50% of white America was able to take some of that money from grandparents, from some type of inheritance and put it towards a business to help them keep the money to help make money. So that's why you see why all of the owners are white. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that black people have come a long way. But again, when you're talking about the gap between the financial aspect of being a person of color and a minority in America versus white people, the gap is still far reaching. And I bring that back. And when you look at sports, a lot of these players are subjected to the same type of mentality, you know, and they are usually picked out of the poorest of the poorest of places because they know I have to get this player who is going to play harder for me because he doesn't want to go back to where he lived. His financial future is not as secure as someone who comes from a two-parent home, middle class, understands business, understands how finances work because he has a backup plan. Now, this doesn't say that all players who come from the brokers of brokers work the hardest or players who come from a modest to good home don't work as hard. That's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that I can get more out of a player 
who comes from a hard background because he's not going to ask as many questions. He's going to really look at, okay, look where I came from. It's better than where I came. And he's not looking at the financial future all of the time. And what you're starting to see is a lot of these players are starting to look at their financial future, which is good, but still you don't get enough. And in our community, and I'm talking about black communities, we have this thing called keeping it real. You know, once we make it, everybody feel that we make it. No, that's not true. I think that you have to be very, very careful with using that term. And you have to understand that everybody that was there is not going to be there because, again, you have to change in some ways. Like, you can't live like the same broke kid that you were living like when you were 12. And now you're 26. You can't live like that. Or 23. You can't have those same, you know, that same mentality. And you have to understand that you're going to lose a lot of people because you're going to have to say no. I was talking to a comedian. Uh, oh, my God. I'm blanking on his name. Ryan Davis. There we go. And he was saying how you have to be different. You can't stay the same. <laughs> like, I can't stay the same. I have to work this hard because I want to have a better future. And, and a lot of people feel that they can ride on your coattail and they can ride on your back. And one thing that Clinton Porter said, he said, well, you ask your friends, would you be able to give me this amount of money if I gave it to you? And I think that that was so poignant because a lot of people feel that, well, I got to make sure my boys are good. But are your boys going to make sure you're good? Are they going to make sure your mom's is good when you're on the road? So those are things that you got to look forward to. Also, education and financial literacy is so key to, the, to, to this whole thing because financial literacy is what drives a successful person. And when you are financially savvy, when you are financially stable, you're opportunities of success open exponentially because you are able to take your money and make it work not only for you but for your future which being your kids and their future and security and i think that when a lot of people come from not having nothing you're just like i just want to hoard everything and and i get it and i understand because i come from that place of poverty where I remember one time I got $5,000 from a lawsuit, no lie. And I gave $2,000 away, you know, help pay the bills and I had $3,000. And within like a month, it was gone because I was just spending money. I thought I was rich. I didn't even think about securing another vehicle. I was just spending it, spending it, spending it, spending it, spending it. And and my culture, and, and and I'm sure most black people here, like, well, you can't take it with you when you die. And I think that's the most ignorant thing you can tell a kid or person is that you can't take it with you when you die. But again, that's that rhetoric that we were put in place like tomorrow's not promised. You have to work for everything now because if you don't, then what if you die? What's going to happen? If I die, then what? I don't have to worry about it. Because I, everybody else is going to have to worry about it. Everybody else have to worry about it. But I think that in order to not be selfish, we need to understand and help our future so we can have generational success.
so we can break those generational curses so we can pass along to our kids so they can pass along to their kids so they can have a set and financial future. Now, one thing I would say is that more African-American and people of color are going to school. Uh, more African-American and people of color are, uh, and, and also minorities, are in a better position than we were, you know, hundreds of years ago. We are working more. There are more people who are in the business field. There are more millionaires in our community, which is great. But I think we have a long way to go. And with that, we have to use that as a springboard to continue our success and understanding some business, asking questions. You know, I think that people want to have this mentality of just be happy that you're here. No, I'm not going to be happy that I'm here because I want to be able to sustain and live a great life. I don't want to be able to just ball out for two or three years, which is an average NFL player's career. I want to be able to take this money, use it, enjoy it after I retire. Cause that's when you can enjoy it. Like while you're playing, while you're in the sport, you're not really going to enjoy it all of it all the time because you're working on your craft and you're working at getting better. Like Marshawn Lynch, for example, great example. A lot of his money that he spent was on his endorsement. He spent most of his endorsement money, him and uh, Rob Gronkowski. So the money that they were earning, that was more their sponsorship money. So they were able to sustain their life. So when they leave the sport, they say, you know what? I have this money over here that I'm going to invest, I'm going to take it to my kids and I'll be fine. And I think that that's important. And most people need to live like that. Now, most people that are in the NFL, if you make it there, they might not get an endorsement deal. But one thing that the financial advisor said on the Player Tribune interview, he said, Less means more. Just know if you have 1.5 million, half of that is gone. So you need to be able to work with what you have in less. So let's just say if you're going to get 700,000 after everything is setting on, you take a portion of that and live off of 100,000. And you live like that's all you have and you bank the rest. And I think that that's important that players understand that and parents understand that too, even with their kids. Because you see a lot of parents who try to give their kids everything because they don't want their kids to struggle. Struggle is not bad. Struggle is not bad. And you see it now in the AAU circuit. You see it now a lot of these parents. They want their kids to be the man, the woman. I, I, I want my kid to be this. No. Sometimes less is more. Let them work for it. Let them earn it. And that's what has to happen. So understanding that you have to do more with less is okay. That's It's not a bad thing. You're not going to die. Because now when you are not playing that game, you're going to be able to find a way to sustain yourself with what you have. And it is okay. It is okay to tell people no. Be careful of your surroundings. That's my next point. Be careful of your surroundings. And you have so many of these quote-unquote air quotes here. You can't see me. But you have so many of these agents, fake financial advisors, who are just waiting and chomping at the bit of these people. You know, oh, let me invest this. And again, a lot of people are taking advantage of it because they're like, okay, well, I know I can't, I'm not going to play, you know, sports all my life. So you know what? Let me just 
invest some of this in this company. And then they don't know nothing about the company. They just say, huh, take this, boom, now you're out of your money. But it's okay to ask questions. Be careful. If you don't feel it, then you don't do it. If you do, if you're like, listen, I'm not, I'm not feeling what you're talking about. I will take my money and put it in stocks and I'll do it the safe way. That's cool too. Also, I think people need to be smart, read up on it. We have so much knowledge now. There is no excuse that people don't at least know a small snippet of what's going on. I'm not saying that you're going to be this financial guru. I'm sorry, overnight. But what I'm saying is that you will be able to have some type of understanding of where your money is going. You know, the best quote, and shout out to my bro, owner. He said, if you want to have a, this country ran, you know, from T to T on a dollar on dollar, you get someone, a poor, single, old school mother who was on welfare, who got a job. And you're going to see how she stretches that money because every dollar is going to be accounted for. And it's it's going to be needs over wants and necessity over accessories because you don't need all of this. And I think that the lifestyle we're seeing, especially with social media, you know, back then they didn't have social media. They didn't know they got all this money. They got all this wealth. And a lot of players are falling into this. I have to look the best. I got to look, you know, the biggest. And that's okay. I'm not saying don't treat yourself. What I'm saying is that you have to understand you have to be smart with your money and you have to make your money work for you instead of working for your money because that's when you live a miserable life. And, you know, I think Jack uh, Brewer, he was saying that the NFL should be responsible for teaching these players. Now, again, maybe they should, but I think that you should... Go and seek some type of knowledge. Say, you know what? If I'm projected to be this star player, I think at least three of my classes need to be about financial literacy and some type of accounting. Because you need to be able to have people in your corner, but also you need to be able to understand your own money. Because if you understand it, then you're, then you're going to have a better idea of, okay, how do I invest this money? What do I do with this? And that's what's going to be a major, major step up for a lot of people. And also, once you get that knowledge, pass it along. I think that what's happening, right? A lot of players are not helping each other because a lot of players are like, listen, I don't, I'm not listening to you. I'm the good die young, you know, um, PTSD is involved. I don't want to get into that because I could be here all day on, you know, that. But a lot of players are saying, I have to live for today, and that's fine. But sometimes the best advice is those that are unsolicited and from people who really have your best interests at heart. And I think that people sometimes should just really take a listen to those who really care about you. And it's okay to tell people no like I was saying it's okay to tell people no but having that balance and and that's what the show is about like Clinton Porter saying having a balance because you're gonna have people that's really gonna tell you this but you too young you're like I don't gotta listen to you and then you're gonna have people who are trying to get all that they can from themselves for themselves and you know like Tommy uh, Harris was saying he's seen this accountant who got his nice suit on and he's in his house and telling him what to do he was like 
I can't even get me a suit and you coming in here in your suit trying to get my money. I don't even know what's going on. So I say that to say this and how important is that uh, one step into breaking the institutional curse and the institutional racism that persists in sports was this bill that the NCAA, after finally passing for years, um, the NCAA will allow athletes to profit from their name, images, and likeness in a major shift for the organization. That's by uh, CNBC.com. And what will happen is the organization's top governing body voted unanimously to allow college athletes to be compensated through the NCAA three division. They must craft their own rules and details to specifics. And in California, if you don't know, they became the first state to pass a law that will allow college players to get paid for endorsement deals and hire sports agents. Uh, and one quote said the NCAA is embracing change and starting their process of allowing student athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness, the organization announced Tuesday. And I think that this is so dope because what you're going to have a lot of players doing is they're going to be able to be responsible for their own self and the reason why this is so important because you're going to see a lot of this institutional racism break right because you're going to see a lot of players saying well if you're making all this money off me i can make it off myself and i could take that and i'm going to learn how to save this money i'm going to learn how to break this money down i'm going to learn how to become a business and become a brand of myself i think that with this being said you're going to see a lot of players sharing now you know think about it if you are a top athlete right on a team and, you know, you can sell your jersey, you can sell sneakers, you can do this, and you got a player or or, 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 it's, or it's people at your school or even in your city who's poor. They, they, they can't make no money. You're going to start seeing a lot of athletes saying, huh, I, wa- I want to give to this organization here. And that's where it's going to start. If you come from a place where you have money and you can pass it along and help out and bring up your people, that is so important. I think that this bill, you're going to see that once it's uh, really passed, and this bill is going to take place in 2023. After that, you're going to see a lot of it. You're going to see a lot of these players taking this into their own hands, which is going to be so dope. Because a lot of times, if I have money, I can't share. You know, if... I want to help a player. I can't even help them. Now, that also begs, you know, giving players money. And I know at the time it was illegal, but, you know, look what they did to SMU. You know, these players are hungry. You know, I just want a cheeseburger. But I get suspended because somebody tried to feed me, you know, because they don't want to see me poor. But now you're going to see a different outlook. Now, you're going to see some teams be able to play more, pay more players, more incentives, but that's okay. But now these players can bank on themselves, especially the African-Americans, especially the minorities, because they're going to be able to take their own destiny into their own hands. They're going to be able to say, you know what? This is where I want to go. I want to be able to help my people starting out because when you turn 18, you can get drafted into the military. When you turn 18, you can start working, but now these players can have a head start and say, Hey, I'm starting at 17 as a millionaire 
and I'm going to let that work. Now I got time to understand the game. I got time to even get a degree and be stress-free. My mother can retire now. She don't have to wait three, four years. I can start making money for my family today. And again, that's how white America starts. They were able to do it at a younger age. They were able to take that money and pass it down, which is a great thing. So as, as I'm as I'm watching this uh, talk money in the NFL from the Players Tribune, and then the culmination of NCAA finally passing uh, and allowing players to profit off their name and likeness, I'm like, yes, it's happening. Now, this is a start. It's going to be some hiccups. It's going to be some glitches. But again, it's a start because players need to be able to have things their way. You know, people say, well, are you good at education? That's true. But these players are playing in major bowls. They're away from their family. They're away from their friends. They're not able to live a normal, quote unquote, college life because they're working. They're doing everything that an NFL player would do, working out doing interviews, uh, you know, meet and greets. They're doing all of that, and they're making no money from it. Only thing the NFL players aren't doing is going to class. You know, film study, these players are doing it. They're doing a lot of these things that would um, prohibit them from being, quote, unquote, like I said, athletes, student athletes. You know, they're doing a whole lot more. So it's good to see that pass, and it's good to see that a lot of people will be in a better financial situation. Again, I, I would say if I can give any advice, and I in the future I am going to have like a financial advisor, have some people who was in the NFL, and give uh, some some tips to some young players. I would say take some business courses, even if you don't understand it, take it, so you can get some type of knowledge of it. Understand how money can work for you and you don't have to work so hard for it. Keep your circle small. You know, have people that have your best interests at heart and not they hand out. Less is more. It's okay to work with less. If you have $500,000, say, nope, I only have 10000 and that's what you have to work on. Now, of course, you probably could work on a little more, but you see my point. You know, you want to work on less because that way your spending habit and your budget would be a lot better. And also be careful who you surround yourself with. And I know that that also leans to the point of, I was saying, you know, keep your circle small, but every financial advisor isn't advising you. They're taking advantage of you. And again, you think that they know what they know and... Sometimes they do, but they also, they prey on people that don't know, you know. So get you someone that has your best interest at heart. Ask them questions. It's okay. Listen, I ask my um, accountant all the time, what does this mean? They, they That's what they're getting paid for. They're getting paid to help me out. And again, when I was young, I didn't know that. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I'm, you're not a bother to them. They're doing their job. Because guess what? If you make money, they make money. So they want to keep you as their clients. I don't, I don't think people understand that. People don't realize that if I'm making money, they're making money. So you can go ahead and rob me. But at the end of the, of the day, you're losing a client plus probably five more because people are going to find out what you're doing. And 
how are you going to make your money? So always remember that's their job, but also you have to be financially literate to a degree to be able to be successful. So with this NCAA passing of this new law, I hope that this starts something great in players all over the world, man, it, especially in America, will be doing great things for their community, for their people, also for themselves, man. So it's going to be a great thing. So I didn't know what I wanted to talk about tonight, but I guess I was able to find out and talk about it. And it was a great, great thing to talk about. So I want to thank our sponsor, 94.3 WYBC, the Rhythm of the City, home of the Juan Castillo Morning Show. That's out of New Haven, Connecticut. But it's broadcast everywhere by going to 943wybc.com. Also want to thank my team, my brothers, The Rucker Report and Chris G. Catch us on Instagram, RealDSTM1. Also catch us on Twitter. I'm sorry. Let me, let me, Twitter, RealDSTM1 in the number one. And on Instagram, RealDSTM. And catch us on Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be on Instagram and Twitter a little bit more, but Facebook is where you can catch me all the time. Uh, you can catch us at Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast and Don't Shoot the Messenger. It has the ball for the O. Uh, it has the headphones. It has the microphone. So you can definitely see our logo because it's podcast talking about sports. So there you go. But thank you for everybody that's tuned in and that are listening. Please share this. If you know anyone that's a financial advisor or if you would like to come on the show and just do an interview, you can reach me at Marquet M A R. Q-U-E-T 2003 at yahoo.com That's my personal email. I'm using that right now because my other email, I don't really check. So you can get a hold of me on that way. But until next time, have a great day.